I welcome everybody to the World of Dragons podcast, the podcast where two and a half dragons get together to discover, review, and discuss dragon-centric media and literature, books, movies, and TV shows, to help you discover the next piece of dragon-centric... You got this. Storylines, <laughs> plot, plot, I don't know. Adventures. There you go. Dragon-centric adventures to go on. Yay! Yay! <laughs> sounded like, like he was unwinding at the end, like... Bah, bah. I don't know. It's been a it's been a hot minute since since I've had to do an opening. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm I'm your host Jay, and with me as always is Bantam. What up, peeps? And for the last time ever, Dilatan. Ah, uh, yeah, I got sad news. Yeah, uh, Dilatan will be taking a leave of absence after this episode uh, for an indeterminate amount of time. Because I might I come back. I might not. I need to upgrade my armor, so Diltan has to die. Yeah. Wait, what? He's making a monster hunter joke, I think. Yeah. Too okay. bad, you gotta kill me 60 more times to get what you want. God damn it. Damn I, got the, I got the rarest drop rate. Fuck you! Uh, but yeah, he has some real-life responsibilities he's gotta take care of, and he's he'll he's always welcome back whenever he can, but we don't know how, when that's gonna be, so goodbye. It's very sad. You fired. Uh, do I at least still get my pension? No. Damn. Okay, you can have your pension. Yay! So, so yeah, he's he's joining us for this last episode, so we can just send him off. Like right now, we've put off the recording by like two weeks because he was sick, just because I, I didn't want him to just like vanish into the ether. I wanted him to be with us one last time for like a hey goodbye, so long. Yeah, I had the flu oh. for a very long time, which then gave me the worst cough ever, which these two have heard on microphone, and I've probably destroyed their eardrums because of it. And now they're joining us today, also sick, because there's a goddamn plague going around. Plague? I don't know if I'd call my, what I have sick. I don't know. Your symptom sounds like you got some, your sinuses are pulling some shenanigans. Uh, but yeah. So would, so this is actually the 50th, asterisk, the 50th episode, which is kind of funny how Dilatai made it to number 50. Yay! Uh, the asterisk is because I it's the fiftieth. If I'm only counting, uh, like unique things that we've covered, mainline episodes, uh, not things like yeah. our, not like the couple of times we did a solo episode or, or interviews. an interview or anything like that. Uh, there's a couple of times where we did like part one and part two, like Golden Treasures, of part one, part two. Those only count as one for the sake of counting, just because of how I number these episodes when I upload them. But yeah, so made it to fifty, and for number fifty, we're doing Aragon. Aragon? Aragon. 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 I mean, there are people who pronounce it that way. I've heard. I've heard. Well, those people are wrong. Well, a lot of those people never uh, watched the movie and therefore didn't have, you know. See, when the book first came out back in the day before movies and audiobooks, you had to figure out how it was pronounced on your own. Yeah. This is a dark time for us (laughs) Southerners. Dark time for dilettantes everywhere. But, uh, uh,. Related to dragon news that we're going to let Dilatan give us, but like, like for example, Ray and I play Monster Hunter, and we're actually playing Monster Hunter again right now. Um, but uh, for a really, really long time, the monster Tigrex, which I will never, ever, ever call anything other than Tigrex, uh, the developers themselves came on an interview and said it's pronounced Tigrex, and the entire community was like, yeah, uh, no. <laughs> it's kind of funny that everyone just collectively was like, yeah, you don't even know, sorry. Yeah, well, because well, we because yeah, characters know. characters in game didn't used to speak any actual language. It was literally a made up like, gibberish. Rah! 
Yeah, or or they would it was a made up gibberish, and then when we started getting actual voice actors for Monster Hunter games, uh, and they would pronounce it Tigrex, and it's like, yeah, uh, no. Uh, but yeah, sorry, but me and Soren are only gonna call it Tigrex. <laughs> I'll flip back and forth. Next next episode, the first episode without Dilatan, we will probably do Primal. Is that that you talking about that show with the caveman and the dinosaur? Yes. All Is right, that cool. called Primal? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's called Primal. Yeah. <laughs> We'll do Primal as soon as Dilatan's gone forever. <laughs> That's it, a boy. And then, and then we'll review Ratchet and Clank, Red Faction, uh, Command and Conquer. Video games. Yeah, we're just gonna, yeah, Star Wars. <laughs> oh, we'll do Star Wars. Yeah, we'll do Star Wars. Oh, that's and the Star worst. Trek. That's the worst. Yeah, I won't even be able to do Star Trek right. Don't even try that. Star Trek. I'll be Star yelling Trek. from the sidelines, just screaming. We'll just cameo him in the faint, the back <laughs> faint, like, you motherfuckers. <laughs> so, Dragon News. <coughs> Still a tan. Uh, as soon as I can breathe. Yeah. So we got... Dragon's first dragon. Okay. I thought you were going to take longer. Go. Uh, uh, no, we got two interesting bits of Dragon News. One, uh, well, it all has to tie into the Game Wars, naturally. Well, we got a new Monster Hunter coming out, which... I mean, we can all pretty much agree that it's like 100% nothing but dragons in there. So, hell yeah, I know. technically women, so yeah. So, I know you two are incredibly excited about the new Monster Hunter coming out. They're not They're not all technically wyverns. There are some actual dragons in Monster Hunter. Well, I just mean like uh, the game themselves calls them all wyverns, is what I mean. I don't mean like, they don't have arms, therefore they're tanks no, and they... wyverns. I don't mean that. I mean the fact that the game calls them all wyverns. Not the, um, not the elders. They call them elder dragons. Yeah, because the powerful and smart ones are obviously dragons yeah. above wyverns. <laughs> <laughs> You're lucky I'm not a wyvern anymore. I got a couple of friends that like wyverns, so I like to poke fun at them. I like wyverns. Anyway, continue, Delta. Sorry. Aside from a new Monster Hunter coming out, which I'm sure those guys are going to now want to do an episode on Monster Hunter, uh, Sean Murray, the creator of No Man's Sky and lead developer of Hello Games, announced a new project, which I'm going to have my eyes very close on and might be relevant to the podcast itself. Uh, what the fuck was it called? It was called Light No Fire. Light No Fire. You fool. <laughs> Listen. You Fool, I am now going to take my place as number one on the number <laughs> hold, one gamer hold on. pedestal. No, nope, I'm on. already up here. I'm already the, the medal is already. The games are great, but the titles are not really memorable. But I mean, think about it. No Man's Sky. What is yeah, this gold medal? Is heavy. Oof. Anyway, mean, No Man's Sky is because it's it's playing No Man's Land because nobody owns the sky. The whole game takes place in space, which is. Which sensibly the sky. It's, it's so, not the, the sky is the what surrounds the planet. That's called the atmosphere. You're flying around in space. Anyway, not getting on that tangent. Uh, <laughs> Light no fire is something I'm going to keep my eyes very close on. What I've saw from the trailer, this is going to be basically a fantasy recreation of No Man's Sky on a single planet, a massive fantasy yeah. world. And if I'm correct. There's still going to be the spaceship mechanic, but that has been replaced with actual dragons. There's still no word in the story yet, but my working Build your theory... Own dragon. From the interview, from the interview bits that I've seen on various websites, uh, it's going to be a one-to-one scale Earth, and in the scale of your character running and walking and flying around on the back of a dragon is going to be an exact relative to the one-to-one Earth, which means that. 
I believe it's going to be multiplayer in that, I mean, this is speculation, but it could be multiplayer in which thousands of people are playing, but they're like in a random spot on the planet and you can eventually they, they, whoever whoever your IP address tells you you are. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but the, uh, the concept being that you can, it, it's like Minecraft, but with better graphics. It's actually technically bigger than Minecraft. Yeah. Well, no Minecraft. Yeah. No, I, I, every time I watch those like metal ball studios or whatever, where he compares map sizes of game worlds, uh, Minecraft is bigger. Uh, knowing Sean Murray, they're going to go bigger than Minecraft. It's all right. Just keep it simple. Don't promise everything. Oh, he already. I'm making fucking, Earth. Yeah, no, he already <laughs> broke that promise. <laughs> and the best part is, is Sean, like Sean Murray is is reacting to those memes on Twitter. Yeah, but what I'm curious about is how the dragons themselves are going to be playing into the story. How the ship in No Man's Sky was like your. Well, to be, to be fair, No Man's Sky didn't really have much of a story, but it did help guide you in ways to the plot itself. So I'm wondering how the dragons themselves are going to tie into this. Definitely worth keeping your eyes on. Hopefully the dragons can talk, but we'll see. Uh, if they just, just regulate it to being vehicles, I'm going to riot. I don't know if they're going to. Well, there's a very high chance that might happen. Or it could be like uh, what Aragon did, which is what we're reviewing today. Hooray! Segway. <laughs> nice segue. Yeah. All right, so for this review, we kind of did a really weird approach to it. I read the book first and then watched the movie, just like in the old country. Uh, I had Bantam and Dilatan watch the movie first. And then I had Bantam read the book afterwards. Dilatan has not touched the book. <laughs> so so it's like we're approaching this as if Dilatan is the fan that only ever saw the movie and thinks he knows what he's talking about. I'm the fan that read the book first and then saw the movie and gets very disappointed. And Bantam's the fan that sees the movie, which intrigues him in the book, and then goes through the book afterwards. I also the, played the game that yeah, was based I was gonna on the say, movie. I was going to say. Oh, you actually also... played the game? Uh, well, I tried to. The emulator would not work, and this game is so obscure and so shitty that nobody knows the correct settings for the emulator to get it to work. I did see a Let's Play on YouTube, and holy shit. It's bad. It's bad? It makes you... It makes... Yeah, you hate the series. It's... It's... <laughs> it's, pr it's pretty fucking bad, because I also watched a Let's Play, just in case. And... Oof. Uh, we're not gonna have a very long, spoiler-free part, because this being... Like, what, 20 years old? I don't know. It's it's old, okay. So it's lost its no-spoiler-needed tag, whatever. Yeah. But uh, but uh, I guess just for the few people who haven't, you young whippersnappers who were born after the book was written. <laughs> just that thought. Um, it is It is a very... It's old, it's dated, it is a product of its time. However, it is so recognized as one of the... I guess one of the founding pillars of of dragon dragons in media It's kind of right up there with uh, Anne McCaffrey's Dragon as a Pern. We can all agree it's bad now, but back in the day it was what we had, and we liked it. Wait, you agree the book's bad? I I have some issues with the books. A lot of it with how it was written. Um, not to like throw any shade at him, but he started writing it. Uh, Christopher Paolini, the author, started writing it when he was fifteen, and it was finally published when he was eighteen. And the thing is, you can kind of tell that, like, yeah, this definitely was written by a high school kid. Yeah, it was written <laughs> uh, in it was written in two thousand one, and it was 
self-published at that point and then came back out in 20, uh, 2003. So it is officially 20 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just basically has a lot of tropes to it, and you can kind of see them coming and like, yep, there we go. Uh-huh. It's like, Dilatan, I'm going to blow your mind with this right here, right? And we're going to go into more detail after the break, but it's basically just Star Wars, A New Hope. You're going to have to try really hard. You, 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 you realize what you just set yourself up for, right? Yeah. You're going to have to try really hard to prove your point, my dude. Uh, it's a small boy that lives with his uncle farming. Uh-huh. And then gets pulled into a rebellion. Uh-huh. His uncle dies. Uh-huh. Uh, they go save a princess. Uh-huh. He learns a magical power that very few people can 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 use. Come on, it's fucking Star Wars. So when Ray pointed it out to me, uh, and we were watching the movie uh, the movie together, it is literally Star Wars. Almost beat for beat. It's Almost Star Wars beat Hope. for beat, yes. The, the the training montage where he was teaching him magic and t- telling him to float stones. And it's like, alright. That happens <laughs> in The Empire Strikes Back. Sit your ass down. But yeah, no, it is actually uh, the original trilogy. Minus, like, Death Star. My god, that's sad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, having read the book is a lot of Star Wars with some Lord of the Rings mixed in and a couple of other things from from other big major stories at the time. It, it, it ties into the whole, yeah, I was in by a high school kid. It It's not terrible. I mean, it it sold and became bestseller and got a movie for a reason. Like, he still did it in a way that was enjoyable. Like, I'd rather read Star Wars with dragons than Star Wars spaceships any days, right? The fuck? But it's just kind of, it's just, when you read it, you can kind of see a lot of it coming. We're like, uh-huh, yeah, and now we're going to, yep, okay, there we go. But yeah, uh... Since we're not going to dive too much into it, we're going to go straight into spoiler stuff just real fast. Uh, Bantam and Dilatan. No, so it being a product of its time, would you still recommend it to people coming into the hobby, like new and fresh? Like we have much better dragon stuff nowadays, but do you recommend they still go back and read one of their one of their early founding founding the colors, hobby of dragon reading? Yes. No. Uh, uh, again, because the podcast is meant for people who. Who love dragons and want to find more dragons in books, TV shows? And yeah, whatnot. Dilatan, you're gonna blow our cover. You're you're in my cover. Uh, I I would not I would not suggest it uh, because uh, there is better books that are older than this. That it, it's like if you if you want to start from you know the beginning, you go with like the Dragonlance books. Those were way better written. Um, absolutely no shade to Paulini, but you know, a book written by a 15 year old, uh, maybe he could have like, what if he waited until he was 18, it's like, have, have someone, uh, you know, go back over the book, have, have a much older, a much older, much more experienced writer. Give it a pass. You know, the thing is, if I had published the stuff that I was writing in high school and I looked back at it now, I'd be like, Oh God, no. It's just something about, like, I guess my interests or my style or whatever. It's like the very, very, very first thing I tried writing, which would have been in, uh, around, like, the age of 15, was, I don't I don't even know how to go into it, but it was pretty bad, like, conceptually. Oh, yeah, I wrote a 150-page story when I was 13, and looking back on it now, I am glad it got destroyed. So glad. I'm not even going to go to detail what's in that travesty. Yeah, I don't want to go into detail either. <laughs> what? Uh, Nothing. Well, I was just thinking back at our early early writings. 
Oh, yeah, when I, I was mean, in like seventh to eighth grade, I wrote a 160 page story. Well, like I, I had like two other friends. One was like really into dragon stuff. The other one was really into weed. And we had like competitions to even find like the most pictures or write the longest stories. Like I, I was, I went full Ray when I was in eighth grade, and I I wrote and it was terrible. And I lost it when my computer finally died. And looking back on it now, I am glad it is never going to see the light of day. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've told the story multiple times. I don't know if I told what the story was about, but it was essentially, as a little kid, I was obsessed with Armored Core for PS1, and I really liked Mega Man. And that was basically my book, was Armored Core meets Mega Man as the main character. He went around killing giant robots and then ripping parts off of them and sticking them onto his own cybernetic parts and... Just oh, one man. Just yeah, it was one man wrecking crew, and I, I the final boss cl- uh, slash bad guy was essentially uh, Mr. Burns from The Simpsons. Excellent. Like, well, he was a frail old man who couldn't hold a candle to anything, but he was in charge of this major corporation that could send unlimited waves of bad guys after you. I thought my book was pretty good, but I'll never know because we I don't have always a copy. You, well, I won't. I can't say that because every time I write something, I always think it's trash. Most of the time, you think what you write is good until someone else reads it. (laughs) (laughs) Then the reality sets in. Alright, so Bantam says, no, newcomers to to the hobby should skip Aragon. Dilatan, what about you? Uh, I also said, fuck no. Well, you didn't read the book, I guess. So I watched I watched the movie, and you know what? If the movie is any indication on what the book's going to be like, and if the game's any indication, then holy shit. Yeah, hopefully, uh, because Disney's going to remake the movie... So hopefully they do it justice. Uh, have you seen Disney's track record lately? I mean, but you can't get worse than the original movie. Have you seen Disney's track record lately? Look, Disney has some problems, but I think people are just quick to hate on Disney. People are like, oh, Wish was so terrible. Oh, Leo was so much better than Wish. I'm like, no, not really, you guys. You're just yeah. so eager to hate on Disney. Ray, Ray and I did go watch Wish, and we both really liked it. Um, and we just yesterday watched Leo. And we both really liked it. Like it, they're both good movies, but they're they're different types of movies. They don't one is not better than the other. They're both really good in what they do. I've seen neither, so I cannot uh, comment. The only thing, like, I I don't really have any any like there was nothing in Wish that I was like aggressively against. Uh, but in Leo, holy fuck, Adam Sandler's voice was terrible in that whole movie. I the voice he did for Leo was. Uh, trash everything else was great though he's trying to play an old man when he just sort of played himself because he's an old man no he he tried to do an older man voice and it sounded so cringy and forced and it was really difficult to listen to so so uh venter in our discord says it was better than whitey's voice in eight crazy nights um adam sandler has never been a good voice actor except one exception to me and that was fucking Dracula from Hotel Transylvania. Uh, he doesn't need to do voice acting. He's a funnier actor. You know, I, I just... Ugh, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Uh, anyway, I so I would actually recommend you do read Aragon. Because Aragon itself, even though I say it's tropey, even though I say it's got some problems with its writing, it's still, like, a really decent, like, story. And the world itself is is pretty fun. And especially if you're like new to fantasy, like it does, it definitely feels like baby's first fantasy as far as like how simple it is to get into and how, I guess how tropey just the tropes really help it in that sense. But the sequels, not so much. 
Aragon's kind of good as a standalone. The sequels is when stuff starts getting really weird. And I've I've listened to other opinions on some of the sequels, and they've like enjoyed parts of it. I respectfully disagree. I think some of the decisions that he made in book four are really dumb. But we'll get into that later. Uh, I'm you know, maybe one day I'll read book five because he actually just finished writing and put out a fifth book. So he, reviving the old dead series twenty years later, or I guess fifteen uh, years later with a fifth book. So we'll see. Maybe he's like grown, matured, and gotten better at writing. We'll find out. Anyway, so I'm gonna put the small little break here, and we're just gonna get straight into spoiler stuff. So uh, welcome back, listeners. Quick little musical number. Uh, now we're going to get into the actual specifics of the book. I want to make my case that it's just Star Wars and so on. <laughs> so forth. Uh, first off, I-, I guess the elephant in the room, the dragon in the room. What do you guys think of Sephira as a character, as a dragon, as whatever? Basic as fuck. <laughs> uh, considering the time that it came out, I think it's an improvement over what uh, Anna Caffrey did with her dragons. But she definitely did feel very backline, sideline. My biggest problem with her was whenever there was like a decision to be made in the book, she's always like, whatever you choose, Aragon, I will be with you. It's like always just like, whatever you want, kid, whatever you want. You make the decisions. You're in charge. The story's about you. But like aside from that, aside from the refusal to let her make a decision, she actually had a decent personality. Like she felt real. She wasn't just a vehicle or a fantasy horse. But in that case, she contributed literally nothing, then, if she just yes. agreed with Aragon for everything. Yes, that that is still the problem that I have with her. But, like, it's better, again, it's better than what Dragon Riders of Pern did. Or some other... Like, uh, I read the first book, and they actually give opinions. And actually uh, do things that aren't just agreeing with the main character. I'm gonna... No, Pern is better than Aragon in that case. I'm surprised you've read any Pern books. I read them in high school. I started reading it, never finished one, but I did get somewhat into it. See, my my uncle gave me a whole milk crate full of Dragonlance and Dragon Riders books because he had them, but in that box were also Shadowrun books and Warhammer 40k books, and I oh, latched no. I latched onto those. I was like, I read like one or two Dragon ones, and then I was like, I was like, oh, what's this? Shadowrun books. Oh, like 30 of them, and I read all those, and I was like, yeah, sorry, but to, when I was a kid, dragons were were second fiddle to cybernetics and magic and, and you know, guns. Who are you kidding? They still are to you. Yeah, they still are. Womp womp. What do you think about Sephira, Bantam? I like Sephira. Uh, I, I liked her more in... I liked her more in the movie, uh, but that's mostly because... Uh, through no fault of the author, uh, the voice actor gave Safira a very deep, gruff, masculine tone in the audiobook. And, uh, I mean, granted, granted, you know, most people read books. I listen to them because I just do not have the time or patience or mental fortitude to read a book. Oh, but, uh, yeah, but, um, the, the, the voice actor, the, the narrator, uh, made Safira unlikable to me in the book um whereas in the movie you know she's very pretty and i like looking at her so it does bring up an interesting concept which i kind of already know bantam's opinion on this but i kind of want dilatan's opinion at some point i read a thread on reddit i think it might have been on wormworks where people were talking about like how do you feel about applying uh human gender stereotypical 
like traits to dragons. Any anything from like eyelashes on like a cartoon dragon to just the the fact that they're usually slen- more slender to their voice. You know, giving a female dragon a very feminine voice, and then the the males very masculine voices. And it's like, on the one hand, there's no reason. Like my argument when I answered them was on like on the one hand, there's no reason that a dragon would have these human female characteristics. However, in fiction, it is a very useful shorthand to try to get the point across that this is a female dragon to people that, you know, don't want to dive too much into it. Uh, and then a case a good example with the voice, like this is the one time that I can think of, an audiobook that I've read personally, where they gave the female dragon a not straight up female voice. It was like, Aragon, you have to get out of here kind of deal, right? It was very gravelly, very growly, and it just did not sound feminine at all. And there's no reason that it would be feminine. But however, here we have Bantam being like, I didn't like it. It would have been better if it was just a woman's voice. It's like, it's just an interesting, interesting thought. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I <clears throat> like open a portal to Dragonland and the dragons come through and it just sends out every female voice. Yeah, every female dragon just sounds like that. It's like, it's possible. But as far as fiction goes, it doesn't need to be that way because it's just easier. It doesn't need to be that way. However, from the reader's perspective, it is confusing for them, especially if they're trying to remember that the dragon's gender is female and they're hearing like fucking Sylvester Stallone talking to him. Yeah, exactly. That's like that's my point. There needs to be uh, maybe there's there needs to be at least some identification to help the reader along to figure out <laughs> or at least remember what's what. Mm-hmm. Voice and body build. 10 out of 10. Eyelashes and lipstick? No. I will never oh, forget right. what they did no. to fucking Shrek Dragon. That was the most horrendous <laughs> thing I've ever Putting seen. Putting lips on a reptile is, a, is the greatest sin. Yeah, biggest. Or uh, or or very accentuated eyelashes. If they're overdone, then it's terrible. If they're very minorly done, then I can accept it. Just as like a little hint, like nudge, nudge, it's a female. They blink so fast it helps them fly. They're so thick. Yeah, basically. <laughs> they got them Valigil fake eyelashes on. But, yeah. uh, but we can all agree that she was adorable in the movie, though, right? Yes. The the seeing the baby dragon segments, the the what made the movie watchable for me was seeing the baby dragon segments. Honestly, which is all why five it minutes sucks. of it, all five minutes of it, which is why it sucks that that was. Yeah, it was like after having read the book, Bantam. They still, they she does age very fast, but it so wasn't I, I want to flight in the air. I, I wanted to make sure that I almost forgot. I wanted to make sure this is on the recording because it was the funniest shit in the entire world to me. We all watched the movie together. Uh, did did all three of us watch it together, or was it just me and yeah. Ray? No, no all three. three of us. All three of us. Okay. Uh, every single, every once in a while, a scene would happen, and Ray would mumble, "Well, they just skipped four chapters." <laughs> or and then later on he was like well there goes another four <laughs> chapters it was so fucking funny to me like i knew the Saphira bit in the movie where he just tosses the baby dra- like the baby dragon learns to fly goes up into the sky and then comes back down fully grown in like 30 seconds mm-hmm. but you know that's several uh, several months in the in the book like the the events in the book seem to take place over the course of like a whole year yeah. Whereas in the book, I think it's like three days. Oh, you know that movie moved a mile a minute. They it tried was to cram super so fucking much fast. shit, but, into like an hour and a half. But they did it a little bit too hard because I 
am one of those people that is like, get on with it. You know, like there were many times in the book where I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, oh, get on with it. The book definitely drags at some points, kind of like how in Lord of the Rings. I, I tried reading Lord of the Rings back in high school and I couldn't. It dragged. It was so slow. I didn't care about all this. Like he, Tolkien spent way too long, like describing the journey. And I'm like, I don't care. Get to Rivendell already. Holy yeah. shit. So like there are a couple moments like this where like some points very definitely dragged, but the opposite end of the spectrum, the the movie was just like, nope, skipping this, nope, skipping that, nope, we're here now. They they cut so many chunks, like I, because I hadn't read the book yet when Ray was mentioning that during the movie, and then reading the book and realizing they cut entire characters out, which characters that had, you know, significant presence in the book, uh, like the. Uh, the weird cat and I forget the guy's name, but the the other dude there, the one that was in that city when they were trying to get access to the records for the ship. Yeah, I can't remember his name either, but I know the, who you're talking about. Yeah, you know the, who I'm talking about. The one who was the, like the basically contact. the merchant king guy or whatever. Yeah. Uh, they, he was not in the book. Um, and and then I was trying to think like where was that analogy in the movie? It was when they were in essentially like a swamp town. Because he met the fortune teller who read his fortune, and then they get attacked and they run. Like that's the movie took like four or five chapters and reduced it down to a maybe five minute long scene. And it was like, holy shit! It's like I if if I could find a good balance between how slow the book went and how fast the movie went, that'd have been perfect for the movie. Yep. Uh, the thing is, a lot of the let's call it the dilly dallying of the book gets a little worse in some of the sequels where there will be like entire scenes that don't matter like like the status quo is the same nothing changed no character developed nothing happened and i don't have an example on top of my head because it's been ages uh, i only reread erag and i didn't bother rereading the other ones but it really ends up feeling like Paolini was like i created this world i spent so much time making my universe and i'm going to show it to you whether you like it or not like he just really wants to show off the the thing he's crafted. Let's let's uh, let's have Dilatant tell us about the game. Who boy the game. <coughs> so I don't even know where to fucking start with this piece of shit. Well, while you think of where to start, let me tell you some of my gripes about the book and the uh, and the movie. Like I'm gonna kind of just hit both of them, right? So. One of the worst things to me about the movie was not necessarily the pace. It was the actors and actresses they chose for the roles. Uh, the only the only person, two people actually, who I think did a good job was uh, they had um, shit, what was his name? Uh, the guy who played Scar from Lion King. Jeremy Irons? Jeremy Irons. They had Jeremy Irons basically play the uh, the mentor, you know, the old dragon rider. He did an amazing job. I really think he did. And then um, whoever played uh, Durza, uh, whoever played the shade Durza, I think he did a relatively good job of being like a villain, right? But uh, they got John Malkovich to play um, the big bad, who never really had a role in the in the movie he, he just kind of stood in galvatorix yeah galvatorix they it was played by john malkovich and john malkovich is uh, a comedian and he does a lot of funny movies and it's I, I understand that they put him in that role because look big name for the poster and it's like yeah but you wasted him 
absolutely wasted him. And even if even if the movie did relatively well and you continued on, I don't think he would have made a good convincing villain. Um, but uh, everyone else, and especially Aragon himself, was the most painfully ugly, handsome kid I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> his lips pushed out way too far. He looked way too similar to his half-brother, or not even related brother. So it got really confusing when the two of them were on screen together. I think they were um, cousins. Yeah. But uh, the, the, the kid who played Aragon was just so painfully generic that... Uh, and he was not a good actor. Like, absolutely not a good actor. Um, but then in the books, he was a whiny fucking petulant child, and I hated him. I hated him every fucking moment he was talking or doing anything <laughs> and it was like i because i had seen the movie first i applied the visuals of the movie character to the writing character and i was like wow you are the worst living thing on this fucking planet Bantam going savage over here if oh, it was it was awful I, I hated him so much can you the imagine him even more bland <laughs> so let me tell you, he's worse in the fucking game. Oh, like, I, I've seen screenshots at least. No, the actual acting, like, you would expect them to use scenes from the movie, right? No, it is all, like, shitty PS2, low-poly uh, models, like, doing baby's first animation for the cutscenes. And the voice acting is even fucking worse than the movie. Like, they've got zero personality. They are mono-reading all of their lines. Yeah. I, the thing, the thing is, is I think this was before the time when, uh, like, I, I don't know exactly what year the PS2 game came out, but or the the Aragon game came out, but I 2006. It was it was around a time where they would go, hey, let's no, I guess that can't be true because the, the so they were just lazy because they the Dragonheart the the Dragonheart game for PS1 used actual like scenes from the movie as cutscenes or or like just. They used FMV in the background for some areas, you know, like it was it was somewhat decent, whereas this one, like they I guess they had the license, they had the rights, but they just didn't do anything with it. I don't know. It was it the the, the video game was based off the movie and the movie was a poor Im imitation of the book. So it's like you have a book that's, in my opinion, a six out of ten. And then you base a movie off of that, so now the movie is a four out of ten. And then you have a PS2 game based off of that, which is just like, why? Why did you spend money on this? It's the one time Bantam agrees the book was the best. I do, I do agree the book was the best, but uh, the bar is also very low. In that the regard. bar is very, very low because the movie was painfully boring. Oh, the game's even worse. Like most of the segments are. You remember how fast the combat was in the movie? Yeah. It stretches out each one of those encounters for like an hour. Uh, like that's the, the way games work too. I mean, uh, yeah, I but <laughs> it's painful. I remember one puzzle. There's a dock with barrels in front of it. It's blocking your path. You got to turn right, and there's like a collection of barrels and boxes and a crane above. So, in order to get it, this is when you first uh, learn how to use magic, which is a problem in and of itself, but I'll get to that later. What you do is you use the crane to drop a rock onto the boxes, which then destroys the pier. Then you use your magic to rebuild the pier, then jump over it. Instead of, you know, just pushing them out of the way. Every single puzzle is really contrived. Just to stretch it out for as long as possible. Yeah, I saw... the old Lord of the Rings games now. One of the, one of the videos that I saw, the, le the Let's Plays for the game, uh, he was 
he was trapped on a broken bridge with constantly respawning enemies above him. And they, if they hit you, you get stun locked. And then it's basically over. And I watched the two people playing it. Uh, it took them like a half an hour to get through essentially a very small segment because as soon as an enemy hits you, you're stun locked. And you have multiple people firing arrows at you while melee dudes rush you from to the left and right of the screen. It's like you can't defend against this. And your yeah, AI not only that, did nothing. I, yeah, your AI is useless. There's a, like... Uh, I forgot what the mechanic was called, but the more you killed, the more like bonus soul energy, whatever you collect these little souls from the enemies, and it builds up this like combo tag team meter. But all that does is after you've killed enough enemies, your swords will then glow fiery blue, and I guess you do more damage. But your AI is still just absolutely useless. I was watching, and this guy he had to switch a crane around and use it to kind of shimmy his way across a river but his ai friend would jump in front of him on the crane and uh get him stuck so he had to re uh, he had to try to re- rush his companion to get on there first oh like that the combat's probably the worst i've ever seen in a game all you do is just press one button to swing your sword and that's it magic's fucking useless because it takes like a five it, literally five to ten seconds of wind-up time in order to use anything. Like, if there's a... You can, like, magically pick up spears and throw them at the guys. It, you will most likely get hit by an arrow first before you're able to do anything. I I, I was... I, I have an article pulled up that I was looking up actor names, but I didn't get to it in time. But, uh... I, I completely forgot. I mean, I know it was something we discussed, but Christopher Paolini is going to be co-writing a Aragon TV show that will be on Disney+. Plus. There's no word on it yet, but... Yeah, I, I thought they were making the movie, but apparently they're doing it as a TV show instead of a movie. They, they should have. But uh, I was reading some of the issues for why, um, why this movie failed so bad. And it was because Fox was trying to jump on the 2000s fantasy bandwagon. They had a budget of $100 million, but it was not enough. So they just started axing entire chunks of the book out to save money. And because of Fox's impatience... The franchise was killed. How do you guys like this this <coughs> book's uh, magic system? Having to know the names of everything in like an ancient magical language. Yep. And then I guess I guess the way the magic works is like because like in the movie and in the book, like you know, uh, what's his face? I can't remember his name. That not the actor, but the role, Ironside, Jeremy Irons, whatever. What was his character's name? Shit, it wasn't Brom. Brom is a character from League of Legends. Brand? Or something like that. I don't know. It's something like that. Whatever. Anyway, when he's teaching him the words, he's like, oh, the word for rock is blah, 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 and the word for, for twig is blah, 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 you know, whatever. And it's like, I guess the way the magic system works is that, you know, just speaking the name of it in magic obviously doesn't do anything, or magic would be doing stuff while he was explaining it. But it's like, I guess whatever's in your mind, like what you want it to do, and then you say the name of the item, and I guess the item will help try to make that happen. It's a really weird fusion of intent and and the word speak. Like it, like Basringer was the the word for fire, and so just saying fire meant you had now influence over fire, and it could do what you want. So it's a weird mix of, of intent. You could have the fire uh, explode, or you could have it like rise up, uh, or just whatever, right? 
but like to do like the really powerful stuff required you to be very, very uh, specific with what you wanted. Like you, instead of just saying fire, you you would have to say like uh, the fire will rise up and and consume whatever. Like if you get more specific with the dialogue that you use in the instant language, it got better. But you could just be as simple as using the word of what you wanted to control. But yeah. I think that takes more energy than or something. Well, like I know there was one part in the book where he used what I assume is just like a, a force spell or like magic missile because he uses it on an entire group of bad guys and it doesn't kill any of them. It just kind of sends them all flying and he gets chastised by Saphira for it. And he's like, well, what was I supposed to do? She's like, you could have just picked up a rock and then like moved it through their heads. At like, and I'm like, oh my god, the magic is actually kind of broken because using almost no power at all, you could pick up a small stone with magic in your mind, whatever, and just fucking bullet it through someone's head. <laughs> and because just it nearly, like with the force, yeah, because it nearly killed him. I think in that moment, like it knocked him out at least. Yeah, and because then, the, what you're trying to do takes an amount of energy off of you. It's supposed to be, it's supposed to be like equivalent to if you had done it physically, just like all in one instant. Yeah, I, I don't know. He he goes back and forth on how much energy it takes in the in the future, but like if you cast and the other thing that as well of the magic is once the spell is cast, it will do what you what you want it to do. If you don't have enough energy to supply that, let's just say mana. If you run out of mana, the spell will still do its thing, but your mana hits zero or negative or whatever, and you just die. You just drop dead instantly. And the, the funny thing is, is there were some really, really old video games that I used to play where if your mana was out completely, you died. And I don't remember what games they were, but I was like, why did that happen? But as a kid, I never got it, but I guess that makes sense. It's like your life force. Yeah, the, the problem is that he starts like bending that rule in the future. And it's like, on the one hand, yeah, if you practice, you would get better. Like, like if you always get your mana low on purpose every day, but never, like, empty, eventually your mana pool starts getting bigger. Like, sure, that makes sense. But then he starts doing this weird thing in some of the future books where you can, like, infuse gemstones with your power. And so they basically become, like, mana batteries. And that's why, like, that's actually why the fancy sword that he has in the first book has a bunch of gemstones in, like, the hilt. It's because it, belo- it was the sword of a dragon rider. And therefore, it's got gemstones that you can, like, charge up and whatnot. Yeah. So they keep finding ways to, like, break the rule a little bit. But it's like, I guess just in concept, because, like, Skyrim did the same thing, where the li- magic is based off the, the ancient language or first language or dragon language or whatever. And it's just like, as a concept, how do you guys feel about that? Well, all right, hold on. To correct you, the magic was not based on dragon language. Shouts were based on dragon language. Magic was its own thing. Different school of magic, I guess. Well, magic is magic. It, yeah. It's just magic. But specifically, the dragonborn was the only one who could use shouts, which was the dragon language. So which, which, two dragons, dragon, dragon magic. magic. Yeah, it was dragon, dragon magic. magic. It it. Yeah, I'm not saying all the magic in Skyrim was was dragon language, but the point is Skyrim had a magic system that was just the language. Okay, carry on. So it's just like, what, how do you guys feel about that? Just a magic system that's just based off of a language. If you know the word, you can do the thing. Uh, it makes sense if it's got some solid rules to it, but this one really kind of didn't. You, you could pull off a lot of, like, random sage. You could pull a lot of broken shit in this universe with how magic works. But the way, <coughs> the way Skyrim's dragon magic worked. Okay, hold on. Correctly, I found it. I found it. Uh, cause it, 
my nerd brain was not going to let this go. Uh, shouting and uh, dragon language is not magic. It is not. It is a power. It is not magical in nature whatsoever. So, you're you're uh, getting a little facetious. That's not the point. I mean, it's not facetious if it's... It's not the point. I don't care what it actually is in Skyrim. I was using it as an example to kind of explain what I meant by a magic system. That's just the words. I don't care okay. if Skyrim can say it's a magic or not. Okay. You know the way my brain works, it latches onto one thing. Go ahead, Dilatan, sorry. Uh, I'm trying to think of what my ideal magic system would be. I, I'm, I've always been a fan of, like, mana pools and actually have a magic in yourself and simply training your powers in order to manipulate certain objects. The more training you do, the more you're able to manipulate. Mm-hmm. Knowing just a word seems very lazy. A little bit, yeah. It's like, I'm with you on that. I like the idea of, of you know, having mana and having to, like, I don't know how, how to put this into words, but, like, when the magic system is a bit more, you have to, like, understand how it works and then, like, put effort into it and whatnot rather than just literally just saying the word out loud, right? Was it, it, it make it a science. Was yeah. it established? Was it established in the book at all that if you were to teach a word of the, a word to a random like villager that they'd be able to use it then? Or, no, because or... you actually need to be a dragon rider in order no, to actually use it. You That's don't have to be a rider because they were actually sorcerers and warlocks and whatnot. They they briefly touch on like other magic systems, uh, magic sources from different <laughs> things. So you just teaching the word to a random person wouldn't allow them to use magic right off the bat. It's weird. I'm trying to remember exactly how how the book handled it because it almost felt like another half a half measure thing where he did was like, where he's like, yeah, the ma- the language is the magic, but anybody could also just learn it because it. He made it seem a lot of times that the magic was just I say the word and the thing happens with no effort required. After all, you did have the montage of him going, "What's the word for twig? What's the word for water? What's the word for this?" Right, and basically just learning spells. But then at other times, it's definitely like a. Like, no, it takes focus and practice, and you gotta, like, learn how to actually do it because you can't just tell the word to somebody. Like, the word was important, the word was mandatory, but the word by itself wasn't supposed to be able to do anything. It did require, like, a gift and certain levels of practice and stuff, so I think it's just something he kept going back and forth on. Or maybe, like, maybe, like, uh, every human being is born with 10 mana points, the base level tiny ass spell would cost 30, and being a uh, dragon rider gives you a base of 50 or something. I don't know. Definitely something like that also because he could also draw on Sephira's power. That's something that happens in both the the book and the movie. I don't recall him drawing on her power in the movie. No, oh, it was like implied, I think. I, I think, no, it was when uh, no, because that wouldn't make any sense because he, he used it to heal her. Like, I know that I know that Ray got upset during the movie because he attempted to cast a spell that he was definitely not ready for and would have killed him. And the spell started and then fizzled because he's not powerful enough. Oh, and yeah. I'm a, I remember I, Ray I, going, that's not how that works. <laughs> that, that completely broke, like, the one rule that Paolini had put in at this point. It was like, no, sorry, like, the spell's not allowed to fizzle. It's going to go through and kill you, you stupid kid. But I guess she, I guess he doesn't draw on her power in the the movie. But it, it happens a lot in the book. Was like I need to do this thing, but I'm not strong enough. She's like, "That's fine, I'll help you." And then it's like the link manipulates or something. But yeah, uh, I like when the language is important to the magic system. Like a lot of times in fancy books, you'll need to have like an incantation. Like Harry Potter is a really weak example, but you know you have to say the word 
to cast a spell. It's like the the language is important to the magic system, even if it's just Latin. To the point where I think in the Harry Potter game, there's a kid who's like, I'm trying to make this spell, but I don't know which Latin or which to use. Should I use this one or that one kind of deal, right? So, like, whatever. It's really wonky, but, like, as someone who has barely played Skyrim, I really like the dragon shots because I just think that's really cool that you have to say the thing in dragon in dragon speak that you want to do. But it definitely needs a bit more to it than just that. Others, it feels really gimmicky and overpowered. Yeah. I don't like the idea of if you learn the true name of this thing, you have complete control over it. To the point where, like, in the Aragon magic system, if I were to learn Bantam's true name, basically, like the... <coughs> what I can't think of an example, but, like, if I learned his true name, I could control him, because I could then say, like, the sentence in the ancient language, Bantam will come out and play board games with me for three hours. <laughs> oh, and then, God! And then he just does it. He's got no choice. He is basically mind-controlled into doing that. It's like, I hate that concept. I hate mind-control and everything. I, and I... that's just... They also established in the book that elves are the only ones who know their true name, and they, they know it know inherently. Others. But they you can, and they also yeah. can they know others' true names. So it's like people just leave the elves alone because I guess that implies that the elves can just fuck you up. That I don't know. Oh no, but the elves won't ever weaponize that against you because they know it's morally wrong. It's like, ugh, come on, it's 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 dumb. Yeah, mind control is stupid. Uh, and the thing is, like. I guess I'm just going to start just jumping in between different books now, because in the end of book two, uh, Aragorn has to fight Murtag, uh, because Murtag is being mind-controlled by Galvatorix. Galvatorix, the Emperor, knows Murtag's true name and has, has mind-control over him. So now Murtag's got to do evil things, but it's against his will. Who's ah. Murtag? Murtag is the, the other boy that they found that didn't want to go to the rebellion because they're like, they're going to kill me if they find out who I am. Oh, the guy, the, the, the emo kid from the movie? Yes. Okay. Oh, he had such a small role. I vaguely remember him. Well, he becomes a big deal in the future, but he's such a small role in the first bit there, yeah. Don't worry, it gets worse. <laughs> no, I'm sure it does. But wait, there's more. There's more. If I just jump into book four right now, it's like, I don't know, I'm jump that far ahead. Uh, fucking, I'm gonna jump for that fight. Sorry, spoilers to everybody listening. Uh, okay, so Murtag is mind controlled by the Emperor, right? And in book four, they're having the big, the big final showdown, and it's like, ah, oh, this, this is terrible because now the Emperor has learned, uh, the true name of the language. So he's like, what? It, it in Skyrim, it's called Dover, right? Yes. Yeah. So well, Dova, like... Dova is Dragonkind. Uh, Dova Keen is, dr- yeah, Dova is Dragon. Dova Keen is Dragonkind. That does what do they have? It doesn't matter. the The word for the language itself, okay? Dove, dove. All right. So it'd be like in Skyrim if you learned the word dove, then that you could then control the language and control everybody who uses the language. Like the second you learn that the 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 true name of the language, you control everyone who know, who speaks the language. Therefore, all the spellcasters you control. Yeah, that that's stupid as fuck. Stupid as shit. All right. But so everyone's kind of like enthralled. The Emperor's making Murtag and Aragorn fight for his amusement. And then Murtog breaks free of the Emperor's control. He's no longer he's no longer magically mind controlled by the Emperor, and he does so by changing his true name. And I'm like, that's what? stupid. What? He, he changed done his that true name. Time? He he changed his true name so that he could break free of the the Emperor. Now, granted, like apparently, you can only change your true name if you like fall in love or something. And he fell in love with one of the female characters that are in in the later books. The fuck? Because it. By, by falling in love with someone, you've changed the essence of yourself, and therefore your true name has changed. It was something so completely stupid like that. 
It's like, if you're going to go down the route of this is your true name in the language and whatever, stick with it. You can't change a true name. It's like, oh. that That's pulling out of your ass in order yeah. to save yourself. But yeah, that's, uh, well, that's that's writing yourself into a corner. Into a corner with an overpowered magic system in a way that's like, well, shit. The rules that I wrote means that this is going to go this way and I can't have that, so throw a fucking wrench into it. Um, but yeah, it's also points for Aragorn and Star Wars because... Granted, Murtaugh is not Aragorn's father, but it's just the Darth Vader fighting Luke Skywalker, and then Darth Vader turns on the Emperor. So, haha, take that, Dilatan. Uh, listen, that there's a lot more contrivances with that fight than just changing your goddamn name than fighting. Listen, the Ray, Ray, and I spent—I think it was like two or three hours at work one night just discussing all the parallels to Star Wars. It was a lot. But yeah, uh, a parallel to Lord of the Rings that he does is in Book Three or Four—I can't remember. Uh, Aragorn's oh. got to go and find the spirit army that Aragorn that Aragorn finds in Lord of the Rings, basically. Uh, I I remembered one of the other big parallels, I- at least in the movie, when he goes to rescue the princess. <laughs> he goes to the big bad's, you know, base of operations, his Death Star. He goes to the castle to break out the princess. Mm-hmm. They had to save Princess Leia, Dilatan. Yeah, but did they disguise themselves as stormtroopers to do it? I don't think they had to. I think they just teleported in. They just walk in there. Well, there's no stormtroopers to disguise themselves as. Yeah. Listen, it's, it, it doesn't have a Death you know, Star. It doesn't have Ter- an allegory to Vietnam, so it does not count. Terran, if they actually had used that line in the book, I probably would have forgiven it. If at some point the princess says, aren't you a bit short for a Dragon Raider? Yeah, I think that actually would have been funnier because I it, it made me laugh and be like, ah, oh, they're referencing the thing. He's self-aware. He's not trying to hide that he's copying Star Wars. Yeah, well, at that point, it becomes an homage or an Easter egg or an in yeah. joke. Whereas yeah, if you it, don't, if you don't make a joke about it, then you're just stealing. Let's talk a bit about the the dragon riding system, since we talked about the magic system. May may not be a whole lot to talk about, but like the fact that that Aragon and Sephira get bound together, to where if Aragon dies, Sephira is gonna die. You know that level of binding, like dragon heart levels of binding together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but even worse. Because it's one-sided. It's because really Sephira one-sided. Because the dragon can die and the rider just gets very sad, right? But if the rider dies, then the dragon's fucked. Yeah, yeah the dragon's it, just a tool at that point. Yeah. Ex- exactly. It, it was bad when Dragonheart did it, except at least in Dragonheart. If the dragon Dragonheart, it made... It, it, yeah, it was both ways. In the first movie, Draco was doing that as like a favor. Hoping to try to get uh, do a good well, deed in order to give himself into Dragon Heaven. And then like the third... Well, there was two movies. reasons. He he did it. You're right, but he also did it because he thought the goodness in his heart would overpower the sliver of darkness in uh, in the the dude's heart, the other guy, <laughs> Prince's heart. Yeah, right. Yeah, but then in like the third movie, he's just like, oh, dragons were destined to merge with humans. I'm like, no, 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 none of that. And then it just got worse from there. And then here comes Aragon. I was like, hey, dragons are. I don't even know how to fucking explain it, but no, they are just <laughs> essentially tools. It's the Rick and Morty thing with the little robot, and it's like, Aragon goes, Safira, what is your purpose? Or no, Safira's like, what is my purpose? He goes, you extend my lifespan and die if, uh, and, and die You're completely die. expendable and extend my lifespan. Oh, my God. <laughs> See, I kind of enjoy it when it's the other way around, because like, they didn't fall out, like, bond with each other, but in the Age of Fire books, they... They created the dragon riding system because after after uh, Rugard helps fight off the 
the humans and kills the dragon, the dragon slayer and whatnot. He's like, you know what? Dragons that have humans on their back are, are stronger. So we should use this as our military force. However, we're going to like, we're going to function, not function. We're going to, we're going to make the, the oath that they have to take to join the, the ranks very one sided to like, if the, if the dragon dies, the humans put to death, like executed. But if the human dies, then we'll just give him an honorable burial and get a new human. It's like, that's fine. I, I that, actually, yeah, I agree. That's the dragon, fine because the dra- first humans, off, we just we just prefer dragons, so that's kind of unfair. But also, if no, humans are the, always the sheer amount the sheer amount of population of humans to dragons, like yeah, that's fine. Yeah, humans humans are expendable, and you know maybe you can make an argument for the main characters of a book or whatever. But I mean, for every one dragon, there's like a thousand humans, so that it it should go that way. Uh, how do you feel about the the fact that Sephira can't talk? Her dialogue is all telepath- telepathic. I'd be fine with it if it wasn't just through Aragon. How about you, uh, I'm I'm okay with it. I mean, I kind of like it because that that way, you know, you can have secret conversations with your dragon about somebody that you're standing right in front of. Like, I like that idea. I'm actually. It does feel very it. restricted to the dragon itself, though. Again, just making her nothing but like. Uh, just, yeah, I prefer when the dragons can actually talk. And interact with everybody a, around them. Yeah, if they're supposed to be sapient and, like, intelligent and whatnot, then, like, why can't they just speak? Because their mouths and throats are not made for it. They're made for biting and tearing, not for talking. So so just give them one heck of an accent. Like Sean Connery. No, not Sean Connery. <laughs> Boo. No. Yay. Ew. No, Sean Connery is a terrible voice actor. Oh, okay, then. Well, he can't do voices. He can only do himself. Himself's pretty good. No. I'm kind of biased for this, but still, it's a decent voice. You are voice. incredibly biased for this. You are incredibly biased, and you actually you haven't seen a majority of movies with Sean Connery in it. He can literally only play himself. He literally, it's it's literally, I am Sean Connery. Oh, sorry, I meant Draco. Like, if they had left that in the movie, it would have been great. I'm trying to remember because Tristan makes up a good point that he thinks in the book that Sephira can talk to Brom, and I'm like, that actually were a couple of times where it's like Sephira's like doesn't come to help Aragon when he's like being cornered by by Brom to like be questioned or whatever, and it's like because she says because Brom, the thing is I don't know for sure if she talks back to Brom. I think Brom just talks to her, just said hey I'm gonna go and talk to Aragon. Can you just go flying for a bit to like be out of the way? I don't think Sephira ever spoke to Brom herself. There's another part later on in the book where uh, Sephira refuses to do what Aragon says until he makes up with Brom. And, it, like, yeah, it's still not really said in black and white whether or not they speak. Yeah, I think they can only talk through their writer. But I'm trying to remember how it works when the other dragon comes back, comes out in Eldest. Because plot twist, Sephira's not the only one. There's another dragon and rider hiding out somewhere, and they become... They're, they're basically the Yoda arc, because uh, Aragorn has to go and train with him, and half of the training he has to leave because his friends are in danger. It's it's the Yoda arc. But I'm trying to remember how the dialogue works there if if the dragon was able to talk, like, to project his thoughts or not. But like I said, it's been, like, 20 years since I've read Eldest. Uh, Tristanik says the book books say the dragons can talk to people. It's just the dragon's choice if they want to. And he's like, fine, I'll take his word for it. I, I can't remember. Can't remember that part, yeah. Yeah. I only saw the movie, so I don't believe you. 
<laughs> I just like it better when dragons can verbally talk because there's no reason why they can't. Yeah, speech isn't really based on biology, more so intelligence. Because if you had the, it doesn't matter how your mouth is shaped, you can still attempt to speak some kind of language. It might just be a series of growls. I mean, freaking That's birds still can a talk in real world, in real life. Exactly. Can talk. Crows have their own language. Dolphins have their own language. I mean, it may not actually be English, but you'd still be able to hear them speak. That actually would have been a good uh, uh, oh, a plot point or whatever. I don't know what you call it. But like, let's say Aragon's still trying to figure out all his dragon riding business, and Severe starts talking to him, but uh, what's-his-face is the only one that can actually understand him. And he just slowly starts to look... Magically, I can understand dragon speak. Well, no, he's a seasoned dragon rider, so he learned the language. Aragon still learned to be a dragon rider, so he still learned to understand Sephira. That would have been a cool plot point. Yeah, I would have. So I'm just trying to remember what else, the other points I wanted to bring up. I wonder if there's any good dragon rider books out there. I mean, I, there, there is. It's called it's called His Majesty's Dragons. It's the Tamir series. But, like, I guess fantasy dragon riders, where the dragon is his own individual and like is arguably more important to the story than the human or at the very least like the same because they're a partnership and not just a conveyance yeah but i don't know if anybody knows one let me know is there anything else you guys want to talk about uh i will say that after watching the movie and then reading the book i'm kind of disappointed the movie wasn't gonna get a continuation because i really was interested in the fine you know seeing the finality of the series but like i i was interested enough in the overarching story but not interested enough to want to read books i the the thought of having to read three more heart you know actual fucking books was not enough for me to you know but the little curiosity was still there because yeah. like and on top of that there are parts of the movie that I think I would have preferred to see it play out in the movie than on the book because I know that they departed from the book so fucking severely. Um, but as much as I don't think he made a good Galbatorix, uh, seeing John Malkovich, you know, in a you know, actually get to interact with someone other than Durza would have been kind of neat. Or see him on the throne taunting the hero. Like I would have loved to see that, and it's never gonna happen. It's like ah. Maybe it'll happen with the TV series that Disney makes. Like, uh, oh yeah, we were at one point during uh, at work we were mentioning that it's like during if the TV series, you know, when the TV series starts, get Jeremy Irons back. He did a fucking amazing job. Just like in the old D and D movie that was obviously really really bad. Like Jeremy Irons was in that movie too, and he fucking killed it. Like he he loved. He being was in that hamming movie. it up. He loved being in that movie, and it's like he did a really good job as Brahm in Aragon, and it's like bring him back, and you know what? If you really want the big name, bring John Malkovich back, but everybody else can be replaced. Like, it, they, there are some characters that are just everybody else will have to because they're twenty years older. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, but are we pretty much pretty much done talking about yeah. Aragon? <laughs> yeah I can't really think of anything else to bring up to be honest most of what I would say would just be like me nitpicking on some stupid decisions he made in like book 3 and 4 but like I don't really feel like doing that anymore oh one more thing I want to bring up about the game there is no free dragon flying you're on a rail it is the dumbest rail <laughs> yeah, shooter yeah it's, it's a rail shooter 
you can switch you, you fly around in a circle and can like switch lanes in the map but that's it also every level has hidden dragon eggs you have to find for collectibles but there's she's supposed to be the last dragon she can't no nope. be hidden dragon eggs there's there's hidden dragon eggs true well, your yeah. lore yeah, well, yeah the, amount, the amount of the amount of like changing his mind he does on that's like she's the last dragon except for like the two or three others that Gabotox has. She was like one of four eggs, and they just managed to steal hers from from the emperor. I mean, and, but then Dragonheart did the same thing. Yeah, but, but okay, but, but the problem is Paralene kept changing his mind because then later on in the second book they find the other dragon rider and his dragon that are hiding out. It's like, oh wait, no, there's these two. Okay, uh, at, at least until they pull. Pull an Obi Wan and they die well, in like some fight somewhere. Well, but then I, later on in book three, I think it's three. It's either three or four. They find a hidden cache of dragon eggs. So now there's hundreds of dragon eggs ready to be hatched for when they need them. Yeah. So I just wanted to address what Terrence said, saying maybe she's the last fertilized egg. All dragon eggs are apparently immediately like viable. Uh, the the issue is is that the reason why Galbatorix kept dragon eggs. Is because the dragon the dragons refuse to hatch until they find someone worthy, someone that they choose. So when the right person comes by, then the dragon will hatch. And so he kept the he knew that the dragons would hatch for the right person. He was just waiting for the right person to keep coming. That was like that was the other thing throughout the entire throughout the entire book. One of the main motivations that was a big problem between the book and the movie is in the movie Galbatorix was just evil kill them kill them or bring them to me and I kill them but in the book it's like Galbatorix didn't want to go all out because he was hoping to turn Aragon to his side because hey there's a dragon rider I want dragon riders to rebuild my army join so me I Luke's want together we can rule the galaxy basically yeah and so it's like he he didn't want Aragon killed or hurt he just he wanted him brought to him mm-hmm. and uh but theoretically he has a couple eggs here that every once in a while maybe he'll kidnap a whole bunch of people and walk them up to the egg and see if the eggs hatch and if not then get the fuck out of my castle or kill yeah them. which is again just another strike against like how they handle dragons that's just you're nothing but a but a bonus to be attached to a human or whatever it's like the fact that they won't they will not hatch until they find the human that they want to be with is like, no, that's dumb. Let them hatch and grow up, and if they find a human, then cool. If they don't, then awesome. Oh, another thing, another thing I just remembered. Uh, in the in Aragon, the book, uh, for like the first half of it, they're always they're always telling Aragon that whatever he wants to do, he can do it. Like whether it's he wants to join the rebellion or join Gabotorix or just go fuck off and do whatever he wants on his own, uh, that's fine. They just want to like they just want to teach him knowledge for knowledge sake or whatever, right? They kind of bring that up, like, whatever you want to do, it's your choice, you can do whatever you want, but then, I don't know, at some point, the, the, they completely switch gears, it's like, no, you must join the rebellion now, like, you have to help us fight Gabotorix, it's like, they, they took the choice away from him. Yeah. I don't remember exactly when or how it happened, but I just remember the, the tonal shift, and I was like, hey, that's not fair, what if I wanted to join the evil dude? <laughs> what if I want to read a fantasy story where the hero actually joins the villains? Like, join me and we can rule together. And he's like, okay. Imagine, imagine a novel where it's two best friends who you know adventure together, and then the bad guy shows up and offers them, you know, like you two come with me and we'll rule the world. And one of them's like, never, and the other one's like, all right, sounds cool. And yeah, and then you split the book, and yeah, that would be fucking awesome. 
people you are and your corruption arcs, Ray. I love corruption arcs. Oh, I love. But Anakin if everyone, but if you corrupt everybody, there isn't anybody left. You, you gotta leave some people uncorrupted. No, oh, so Come far on. no one's getting corrupted. So I'm. He allowed. didn't imply that that he didn't imply <laughs> that everyone was getting corrupted. He just likes it when one person is like twisted to the dark side. Just the hero of legend. No big deal. It's like, damn, if I he's fated to destroy me, but if he's on my side, fuck this planet. I don't know. I also like, as as Ray knows in our D and D thing, I also like betraying the party. So, yeah, you yes, do. you do. You're grounded. I guess the topic of terrible decisions that Paralini made in the future books. Do you want to hear how they stop Galvatorix? Yes, I do. Aragon casts a spell that forces Galvatorix to feel the emotional impact of the terrible things he's done. Right. You actually did tell me that. That and I was is like some... that's so fucking dumb. That's some My Little Pony friendship is magic it bullshit. Is. It's so bad. <laughs> it's can it's we, uh can we not just kill the evil emperor in an epic fantasy story? Is that the, not allowed anymore? The first the the Ghost Rider the Ghost Rider movie where his ultimate attack is to force an opponent to feel the weight of their sins and uh it burns your soul in the process but the bad guy doesn't have any souls but the bad guy's ultimate goal is to steal millions of souls from this one location so you know he lets them steal all the souls and then is like now feel the weight of all those souls and the bad guy's like ah and it's like oh god what a stupid way to yeah i i <laughs> much prefer the bad guy get fucking eviscerated through violence he, sh- he should get tossed down uh an elevator shaft by by his number one henchman or whatever the fuck that hole in the floor was elevator shaft and you've lost a lot of respect from me it's a fucking what what the heck is it it's a vent shaft to the main reactor okay still point me just toss him down that that whole giant thing was an elevator no 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 (laughs) i'm corrupting bantam now yes bantam was an elevator i hate you i hate you all all right anyway uh at any rate uh so back to back to original when ray asked if we would suggest this as a starting point for uh you know reading intelligent dragon type books or dragon rider books in general i say no ray said yes i think uh, just the first book the, the the book two three and four nah but book but one the problem is is that if you end up liking the story then you're gonna have to keep going not everybody's going to have somebody like you to just tell me what happens. I'm not yeah, going mean, to read them. That's up to them. Yeah, if they want to keep going, then they can keep going. But like, The old Forgotten is... Realms books were, were good. I suggest those. Forgotten Realms? You mean like the Dritsto and stuff? The No, well, it was published under Forgotten Realms, the Dragon Riders and stuff like that. Not the Dragon Riders of Pern, but Dragonlance, that's what it was. Dragonlance is not Forgotten Realms. Isn't? No, Forgotten Realms is Faerun, that's where Baldur's Gate takes place. Oh. Well, whatever. Whatever. All right. Whatever. Anyway, thank you for joining us, everybody, uh, for our fiftieth, our fiftieth episode asterisk. We we'll recover Aragon. It's not a new thing, but we will do an old things. Maybe for episode one hundred, we'll do Wings of Fire, or some, I don't know. But uh, hopefully by Thank God, I'm gonna be gone for that. <laughs> no, you'll you'll be back before then. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, but yeah. Most most of it was just us complaining because it it did a lot of things wrong. It it's just it's an old book. Uh, the the genre has matured. It's still I still say it's enjoyable, but it's definitely had some oofs in there. 
clear. Uh, if you disagree with me and you think Aragorn's the best thing ever and eldest and inheritance and all that, it's like, you want to fight me? Bantam, tell me where they can fight me. <laughs> all right. They can fight you at uh, Twitter, at OfficialWadPod. Um, our email, we're probably going to close the Twitter. Let's see if we can get into Blue Sky. Um because obviously Twitter is a steaming hellhole now. Um, the best way to get in touch with us is uh, the email, which is wadpodcastmail at gmail.com. Uh, we do have a Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash worldofdragonspodcast, and our Discord, which is the best, best, best way to get in touch with us, is going to be linked in the show notes. Because yeah, even Discord though I'm not going to be... Because Discord not- links. Even though I'm not going to be recording episodes, I will still be hanging out here during my free time. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm the most active out of the three of us in the Discord. I usually stream games and just chill out. Dilettants being cough promoted, cough to community manager. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> um, there we we also did get one email. It's like the first email we've gotten in. Dilett and I promote you to customer. <laughs> 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 uh so we did get we did get an email and i was shocked because i do check my email every day uh there was someone who said that uh there's a few books he read that he uh his name is jasper he said i could use his name jasper um but uh he says there's a few books he read that we might like um he'd be happy to hear our opinion on them um so if any of these sound familiar to you and it's something that you you know as a as a listener really like and you want us to you know bump up the priority list uh there's axtara banking and finance the conjuring of zoth avarex the self-proclaimed greatest dragon in the multiverse <laughs> sounds like ray um <laughs> uh heart scale by lola ford ash and ambition it's a shifter book he says uh dark lord of Durkholm which is a Griffin's type book and the cloud roads, which is a shifters book. He says that, uh, he enjoyed them all some more and some less. He'd like us to review Xterra the most because it's very, it's quite sweet with dragon slash human interactions and a cool play on the horde trope. So I asked if it was okay if I name him in the email and he says, yeah, just use the name Jasper. Ray is the greatest dragon in the universe. I am. Whoever this, uh, whoever this Zoth Aphorex is, is, uh, is, well, he's in the multiverse still, Tin. You're the best one in this universe. Yeah, fuck you, Ray. This is my universe. Get out. <laughs> Invade. No, he doesn't have to leave. Invasion. All so, right. yeah, uh, thank you very much for your email, Jasper. And thank you, Dilatan, for putting up with us as long as you did. We knew we would eventually wear you down. We yeah. thought you would So many long. words. <laughs> so many Hopefully you pages. can rejoin us in the future. Hopefully. Uh that's still undetermined as we're trying to work out the schedule for the personal shit going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I'll have something uh, probably after Bantam visits <clears throat> as far as like if I can come back or not. I might be able to join you guys for smaller episodes. It's just finding the time for the books themselves yeah, is I, difficult. Yeah, I understand that. You can be a little media dragon. Yeah, if you guys are doing like quick shows or games, I can like something I can do like maybe in one day. That I can, that'd be fine. But multi-day books while trying to watch over my grandmother, that's going to be difficult. <coughs> uh, we did actually discuss what we're going to be doing next time, Bantam. We don't know what we're we doing do? next time. Well, why don't we just do the, the Avarex one? The, the what? 
the dragon oh. banking. Yeah. Uh, that's not an audiobook, though. Ugh. Yeah, you see? <laughs> <All right. laughs> we'll do that one after the next one, then. Uh, you and I will discuss what we're doing later, and I'll just, like, I'll just... No, we can... We can... I'll, I'll just clip it's... it onto the end of this, because we gotta go. We gotta go? I don't know. Oh, don't yeah. Know. All right. Yeah, we'll just clip it on. So I'll, I'll, we'll figure out what we're doing, and then I'll just post it on here. Be like, hey, next time, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, th- thanks for coming, everyone, and we'll see you later. Bye, Bye guys. Bye.